HRD Talk, the Human Resources Director Podcast. In part three of this series, presented by Workplace Safety and Prevention Services, Tony Guerreri, CEO, Roma Molding, discusses his role as a CEO in transforming and maintaining a positive workplace culture. Tony discusses what leadership success looks like and how employees can be engaged for improved company culture and overall performance. Welcome, Tony. Hi, Jeffrey. Thanks for having me. Great. And uh, great to have you here. Uh, can you, first of all, can you just tell me a little bit about yourself and, and the work you do? Yeah. Uh, well, as you know, my name is Tony Guerreri and, and uh, I'm the uh, leader at Roma Molding. And we manufacture and distribute the world's most exquisite picture frames. And we, you know, essentially distribute them around North America. Uh, we have a great, uh, you know, great team uh, at Roma Molding. We have various facilities in Canada and the U.S., uh, which enable us to have the distribution channel mm-hmm. that our, our partners are looking for. Okay. So, what, What's uh, the sort of the size of your workforce uh, do you have? Yeah, we're about 150 people. So that swallows depending on the time of the year. Right. But yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a really great size. Okay. Uh, so can you, let's start off. Uh, maybe you can tell me when did kind of the penny drop? Uh, when did you become intentional about transforming culture in your workplace? Like, was it a personal decision or, or did you have kind of input on that? So I love your first question. I, you know, I think for me, when I, the way I can answer this is people usually get into action either because something hurts or because something is giving extreme joy. Uh, in our case, there was a lot of pain. So for us, uh, I'm sure the, the, the people experiencing pain are always the loudest too. Sometimes I think to- totally, and and I think for us, uh, we experienced pain coming out of the 2008 2009 global financial crisis. If you can, you know, remember those days, and it wasn't a month thing or even a year thing, and it kind of lingered on. And uh, a large majority of our business is U.S. driven, so we felt that even greater being here in Canada, uh, you know, shipping into the U.S. and uh, we we found ourselves trying to do a lot of the things that worked in the past um, that just weren't working in this new economy, and um, it shook us at the core at, at the core of who we were. And unfortunately, uh, you know, we tried to do a lot of the same things and hope for different results, which you know leads to an insane behavior. And as a result of that, things weren't working, and, and uh, we we were hemorrhaging millions of dollars. And um, as a result of that, fear got the better of us as, as leaders. Uh, it got the better of us, including myself. And furthermore, it got the better of my father, who was the CEO at the time. And I think my dad's one of the smartest guys I know, but even under those conditions, that fear really gripped him, caused a lot of confusion, caused a lot of... Um, uncertainty as a result of that you're not thinking rationally right as a result of that um we started treating people very differently everything kind of just snowballed and exactly and and it was going to be my way or the highway and i know best and we're going to cut 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 and we have to you know mitigate uh, expenses and when you do that that can be sustained probably within a short period of time but you you do it over a consecutive period of time over months and years uh, we found that it really had a detriment uh, effect to our business. And the detriment was not only financial, but we started losing the pillars, the the pillars, the foundational pillars of our business, which were our people who were there at the beginning. And so for us, that was really the, um, whether you call it the penny drop or the aha yeah. moment. 
Yeah. Well, once things like that starts happening, it's like I said, it's, it's all snowballing and how are you going to stop it? Right? You wonder if it's going to stop. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. Um, so what was the hardest part about getting from where you were then at that low point uh, to where you are now over the decade or so? Yeah, I, I'd like to think it was about eight years or so. Um, I think for us, the hardest thing was defining what was possible. Um, we were in a state of confusion, disarray, dis- uh, disenchantment. Uh, we started equating a good month, um, not in, in terms of revenue and sales, but if no one left that month, that was a good month. Mm-hmm. And um, what what transpired subsequent after that was we, we tried to create the vision of what was possible. And I think that was our biggest hurdle. How do we create out of pain something that's so beautiful on the opposite end and not really have a clear roadmap other than we were going to do things dramatically different to create um, some you know radically different results. And I think for us, um, the hardest part was how, how do we convey that? And I think, Jeffrey, I, I think what's important is People live with pain and they don't know it. So at our company, we were living with so much pain and I equated to maybe a, an ailment on your arm or your leg. As, as humans, we adapt to that. It doesn't mean the pain goes away. We just adapt to that pain. And, and I think at our company, we started to adapt to the pain. And so to paint a vision that we could use our arm without pain or we could you know have a company that people would be flourishing in and having the time of their life and was the biggest problem mm-hmm. or biggest obstacle yeah and so it's like it's like kind of recognizing you can't address a problem until you recognize the problem and, Absolutely. and face it so yeah um so now that you've got from that point i mean it sounds like it was a, a pretty low point for the the company and then a pretty bad spot and and you've come a long way so how do you know you're successful at this point? Like what, what are your two biggest success metrics uh, that, that you can use to kind of measure that? Yeah. And, and we're, we're very intentional on what we focus on from a success metrics specifically with culture. And um, ours are very clear and very simple. We have an internal net promoter score. So uh, an internal and external, typically companies will have an external net promoter score, which means, um, and it's one question, very simply put, you know, did, would you recommend company ABC um, as a great place to work or would you recommend it to your family and friends? And typically you get a score of yes or no or a scale of one to 10. We, we use that and we gauge that um, on a high level at our company, but even higher than that is our internal net promoter score. So we internally ask our uh, employees, our team members every uh, three times a year, but every 125 days, would you re- recommend Roma to your family and friends? And we believe you can't have happy customers or partners without first internally having a really healthy team. And so our number one metric internally are people happy. And we gauge that uh, based on a yes or no question. And we get right now we're humming along around 85, 86 percent, which which is a great number. Our goal is slightly higher. So we have some work to do. Uh, and then externally, uh, our score right now is hovering at about 88.7. So it's a bit of a delta, but we know that the both are very correlated. Mm. I think that there's a, a quote out there. I think a, I forget which businessman said it, but uh, something that you look after your employees, they'll look after your customers. 
right? I think so. There's that that tie, and I think the way you mentioned uh, that that interaction with your employees, uh, keeping that those channels open, I think is, is a theme that we see for successful with good workplace cultures. It's that's I think that's an important element of it. Yeah, and I think I think to add to what you said, you could never get remarkable service given by a company without remarkable people, without mm. people who are genuinely happy. Um, and we can all equate to that, whether we're buying a cup of coffee or, I, I, don't, I don't know, or buying something in a retail store. Yeah. Typically, the experience is elevated when that individual is really involved or um, believes in the vision and, and mission of the company. Yeah. You can feel the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people could, could see that too from those experiences. If you're just on the, the level of interaction with the frontline employees, if they're you know engaged and if they yeah they, they believe in the company, you're going to see that in their attitude and, and their service. So that yeah, makes and, sense. That, and I think for us, the more we fill that tank, mm-hmm. um, the more our customers feel it. The more our customers feel it, the more they keep coming back. Yeah. So. How, how are you measuring and validating that you are successful on a kind of an ongoing basis or at any point in time? I mean, you, you mentioned uh, your, your audits there. So are there any other measures that you're using to just kind of keep track of how things are going? Yeah, I mean, we, we besides besides of measuring, I'm kind of a, you know, what you measure gets done kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. um, we have control boards by department in our company. Mm-hmm. And so we're very transparent about what the goals are. Um, we're very transparent whether we're hitting them or not. So I think the transparency in itself um, talks about the authenticity of a business. Uh, you know, so we're very intentional. But I, I think for us, the high order bid is uh, internal, external. However, we also send out uh, multiple surveys throughout the year, again, every 125 days to get a real pulse. Um, one of the questions, as I alluded, would you recommend the company? But another question would be, you know, is the leadership team at Roma serving you? And, and it might be an open-ended question, but are they really serving you? Uh, because you can't hold accountable. You have to, I always look, you have to hold the accountability up versus down. And I think leadership has to really get that they impact lives. And um, that comes with a big responsibility. And so we want to make sure that as a leadership team, we're serving versus the other way around. Mm-hmm. So uh, do you keep the employees in the loop as far as, when you do these surveys, um, the release, the results are released to oh, the yeah, employees. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah everyone yeah, knows yeah. what's going on. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, we release good. essentially everything now. When we first did this eight years ago, we released it all just like we do today. We uh-huh. just would edit if there was profanity because people hated <laughs> us. You know, eight ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, today, luckily and thank God, you know, we don't have to vet for profanity. <laughs> uh, but we do the exact same surveys, which is really awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, we share them the exact same way. Yeah, I'm sure it's more fun for the the HR people, whoever who are reading the results of those surveys. It's more fun for them to read them now than it it once was. I'm oh, sure. totally, yeah. totally. <laughs> I know it is for me. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, obviously, you've touched a little bit on, on on the employees' involvement in this and keeping them track. So, how do you overall engage your employees on this journey, uh, and how do you get overall buy-in from everybody? Well, I think. Um, how do we engage our employees? I think one of the things, well, we're, you know, we, I think we do a number of things really well, and I think we're always trying to double down on it. So listening, I think, is a big part of it. Um, you want to have someone engaged and happy, you got to hear what's important to them first. Because um, we all know as leadership, 
we know exactly what's important to us, but what's important to them. Um, and as you can tap into what's important to them, um, they will in turn, you know, shift that thinking and, and really help um, you and, and your organization. And in many times they say, no one cares how much you know until uh, they know how much you care. And, and I think that runs, you know, very deep in our leadership team. Um, so we also are very intentional in communication. So we host uh, all hands meetings three times a year, every 125 days or so, where we shut the company down. And uh, we talk to the very um, essence, the most important component of our business, our team. And we talk about, you know, what did we say we were going to do from last, you know, all hands meeting? And um, did we do it or not? Did we fail? Did we succeed? And we share it. And we share it live over the internet, so it's a live stream event. Right. So Our everybody part- can, everybody. even if they're not present at the office. Yeah. Partners are watching. We yeah. record it, so we're held okay. accountable yeah. to the recording as well. Um, and, and that says a lot to our partners. You know, Closing a company down for two hours is a big deal, um, yeah. and, and it's a big deal to our partners. I think when we first did it, they were quite frankly upset that we were closing our company to talk to our team. Today, uh, after 29 all-hands meetings and eight years later, they're actually as excited as we are. All right, you know, you, you guys go down and, and have your meeting and we'll talk to you guys in two hours or whatever the case may be. So um, I, I think that's changed the game. And I think the other thing around engagement is getting into action, good or bad. I think people want to see action um, and, and action steps that are genuine. Are you genuinely interested in helping um, the employees? Are you genuinely interested in having someone succeed? And I think... Uh, you know, I believe we're equipped with a, a BS radar, radar sorry. Um, and I think people can tell if it's genuine or if it's scripted. And, and I think for the most part of our company, while I always will admit we have work to do and we're never going to be perfect, um, there's an authenticity and genuinity in our intent as well as in our actions. Yeah, I think it's, it's important. I think a lot of this, it's one of the key elements. I think we mentioned this on another a podcast that um, it's just remembering that it's it's a bunch of human beings and and it's they're all people and both both sides they all the employees of an organization are humans and all the people in the executives are humans and and remembering that when it comes to interacting and engaging and that back and forth it's you think oh if we work together we can get something good going and and, and make something positive so, yeah I love yeah. I love that point because um, somewhere someone told me. Um, that that, and I, and I really hate the word employee, but and that's why I use team member. Is um, these people in many respects are fathers and mothers. They have children. They have ailing parents. They have they could, they could have challenges with with you know substance abuses. Whatever the case, these are real people. When they leave your building, they lead very similar lives as you do. And um, h- how are you being? Um, intentional about how you treat them like are you intent this is not just a number this is this is a human and humans cry and humans you know they they excel uh, but sometimes their parent might die or their child or or whatever the case may be and um, I always say it's 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 easy to be at the finish line taking the photo in, of a race yeah, it's yeah. it's not easy you know waking up at 5 30 in the morning training uh, for the race yeah. everybody wants to be at the at the finish line 
Yeah, um, but you can't skip the steps yeah, if you want the results, right? Absolutely. It's, and I think as far as even nowadays to recruit, recruit and retain top talent, more and more the, the newer generation of workers, work-life balance is, is an important thing. So, and, and that comes with recognizing that they're people with demands and, and outside of work or even con- a content employee is a productive employee. So it's, yeah, it's important to keep all those things in mind, I think, and I think that's, that's what we're seeing here. Uh, so how do you think your personal leadership style has translated to your employees and the overall success of building enhancing organizational culture uh, with Roma Molding? Well, I think for me, like like all people, I mean, we, we go on this journey and, and um, we're learning um, as we go. And, um, you know, what what was normal, let's call it 10 years ago in the in the in the eyes of society is probably not as normal or or very different today. So I think for me, there are a few pillars that that I, I am really intentional about, and it's being present. Um, and when I say being present, is um, making time for the people on your team. Uh, lip service is easy, but are, are you actually making time, carving time out of your schedule as a CEO or top level leader or whoever director level? Are you actually carving time out? Um, and I do my best to um, carve a lot of time out for my for my team. I think. My style is also, I, I love one-on-one. I, I love, I thrive on one-on-ones. They're very taxing on time, but they're very rewarding. So uh, I, I do my best to meet with each leadership team member. But uh, if, it, if it calls, I'll, I'll meet anybody on a one-on-one upon request. And it's my opportunity, number one, to hear them out. Um, you know, what's on your mind? What's, what's, how can I serve you versus the other way around? So one-on-ones for me are big and, and also gives me an opportunity to listen intently with focus and intention. Um, so I think that one's uh, uh, very important. I, I think I, I, my style is I need to know the people on my team. Um, intimately, executive team, leadership team, intimately, I need to know, um, you know, their dogs' names. I need to know, and I'm and I'm getting better with names, uh, but but I, I, w- I want to know a lot about you. I mean, if we're we're spending so much time together, I want to know what's important to you. Um, I just think that intimacy about relationship building is really key because. Uh, you know, we're going to have wins, we're going to have failures. Uh, but but I want to know who I'm playing with. And I always equate it to soccer. I, I love playing soccer. And um, I don't know about you, but I play soccer with the same guys for 10 years. Uh, I want to get to know who the heck these guys are. Um, and knowing who they are, knowing how they show up, knowing what's going on in their life actually has a, a profound effect on the outcome of the game. Yeah. Well, and just and it helps with you with making decisions when you're familiar with the styles or, or or the personalities of the people who are going to be sharing in those decisions or carrying out them the, that kind of thing, right? Absolutely, and uh, you know, I I think my style is always, you know, do your best to to really show your authentic self. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't go home and put a different hat on. I'm I'm the same guy as I show up at work, as the same guy I show up at home, and. I, I try to do that uh, intentionally, and, and I'm blessed that I'm able to live a life where whether at work, you knock on the door, or at home, I'm the same guy. And the more people can see um, who you are, the more they actually can relate with you. Um, so it's not just a act Tony's putting on. This is Tony, good or bad, <laughs> but this is Tony. 
And, uh, and, and I like that. I like people knowing what they're signing up for and who they're, you know, want to play with. And yeah, uh, well, that's, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of that makes sense too. And it's sometimes you wonder how it's difficult for people to understand that, but yeah, I think the more authentic you can be, you're going to get that positive response from people. And especially when it's your, your team members, as, as, as you say, and when you're ultimately working towards the same goal, it's the success of your, your organization. So you want to relate on that level and, and I guess keep everybody in the loop. And Yeah. And, and yeah. sometimes, you know, sometimes it works for me. Sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't, you know, sometimes like, nobody's okay. perfect. But like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but I think it's just also easy. It's easy to live a life that way. Um, I, I don't, you know, come in on this pot. This is me. If, yeah. if whether you knock on the door <laughs> at the office is the same guy. And, uh, and so it, it, it helps me and it's easier. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so Tony, uh, obviously your organization has come a long way in the last decade, uh, and and you've been doing a lot to to really get things going in a positive fashion. So, what is next for you on this journey? Well, I, th- I think uh, I love this question because it, it's it's journey. There's no sprint on this or no summit. And I think for me, I'm I'm always going to be the continuous learner, the student. And although I you know, deliver keynotes and I help consult other organizations, I'm constantly learning because the, the landscape is changing very, very quickly. And like anything, um, you learn, sometimes you learn the best by trial and error. And, and so uh, certainly uh, learning for me and how, how do we engage on different levels, um, surround myself with people certainly smarter than me. I, I think that's been my claim to fame. Um, even throughout university, I was never the top of the class, but uh, suddenly when I surrounded myself with studious individuals, people who were really driven and determined on the education, um, until that happened, I started to excel as well. It, it, it's infectious. So I try to do my best to surround myself with people far smarter than me in their own regard. Um, I think it's fun. I think it pushes me. Um, and, and truly, I, I, I think for me is... Um, we've enabled people within our organizations to do a lot of leadership and it, it's bought me time to be able to do things like this, uh, speak, and also um, really fuel a movement and bring workplace happiness to the forefront of a conversation. And um, really on a, on, a, on a big scale, my high order bid is to be on Jimmy Fallon's show and really you know, be the advocate or ambassador around you know, work doesn't have to hurt folks. Yeah. And it could be the time of your life. Um, you got to do th- some things to get there, but, but really be that, that individual that's really, I would say, you know, making it a priority. Because I think a lot of people, like we discussed about the pain in the arm, they just live with it because they think that's normal. Um, but it doesn't have to be that way. And I want to be that person that, that brings that to light. Great. Well, and Jimmy Fallon, if you're listening, we have a guest for you. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, before I let you go, Tony, uh, is there anything else, just something you want to leave our audience with about um, the role of CEOs in transforming workplace culture? Or just uh, some pertinent points that you want to just, people could take away. You want to walk away from this podcast and think, oh. Yeah, I, I think as a CEO, you have a, a, a huge responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, leadership is a huge privilege. And with that privilege comes a great deal of responsibility. And, and as a result, um, you can impact lives. And if you can, uh, be very intentional on how you do it. 
And I think a lot of people are looking up to whether you're a CEO or any leader, just being aware that your actions can impact people's lives. And ultimately, I believe we come on this planet to make it far better than when we got here. And impacting someone's life is one way to do that. And I, I tell companies and organizations, if, if the CEO doesn't get it, you know, run the other way. Because uh, it's, it's hard to transform a culture in a, in a mid-level leadership. Yeah. It, it's, it's very difficult. Um, not saying impossible, just it's a very difficult yeah. Challenge. If, if you get the buy-in from the top down, it's it's usually going to stick a little better. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. and and so yeah, I would say that for CEOs, and and I think, you know, we also look towards what's happening in the world, and we're we're seeing, you know, culture not only in the workplace but cultures in schools, um, cultures in different parts of the city, and I, th- I think we have a crisis on our hands in various different areas, and and we see you know kids shooting kids in schools. Um, and and it's totally wrong. Uh, I, I believe that there's something that has to transform around cultures in school um, that then can transform what transpires in schools. Because um, while I don't think people should, you know, have a shotgun at school, um, I also think that individual, something permeated or something was planted in that person's mind to then go cause that act what could we have done prior to that to shift that? And I think workplace is the same way. What are we doing in the workplace to have people thrive and, and have parents go home to their children, their wives, their husbands, their significant others, elated, inspired, motivated? What would that do to our children, right, where they see mom and dad coming home excited about work? You know, what would that then seep into our schools around kids being excited to be like mom and dad, not, you know, work has to suck and and it's 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 a sad reality um i just think we can change that yeah well that's really some thoughtful words there and a great attitude and uh tony guerri from roma molding thank you very much for joining us on hrd talk and uh, sharing your experiences and and what you've learned from from your journey with roma molding well thanks so much thanks for having me it was a pleasure i appreciate it Thank you for listening to this installment of HRD Talk. For more from our partners at Workplace Safety and Prevention Services and resources for better safety in the workplace, visit them at wsps.ca. That's wsps.ca. Be sure to follow HRD Talk for more episodes of this series.